Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Steel Nation Radio. I'm Mike Palaya of SteelNationAssociation.com, where we cover the Steelers 24-7 while bringing you, the Steeler fans, together in an effort to raise money for Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Please visit the site, read our articles, listen to these podcasts, join the club, and help us raise money for the kids especially this time of year with the holiday season when we make our donation to help the hospital buy toys for the sick children in need. As you know, though, I'm not only seen on Steel Nation Association, but you can see my contributions on SteelCityUnderground.com, where there are many great columnists and contributors writing about the Steelers, AFC North, podcasts, contests, opinions, football picks, and so much more. So please check it out. And last, but certainly not least, find my work in the new Pittsburgh Courier online, as well as in the newspaper that you can pick up at any local store. So please be sure to do that. All right, so we sit here now at 8-6 and six after the 17-10 loss to the Buffalo Bills, one that did surprise me because I thought the Steelers were going to win, albeit a close game. I thought they would win. Um... I didn't think Duck Hodges was going to throw four interceptions, though I don't know who would have predicted that. It wouldn't have shocked me if you told me he was going to throw one or maybe even two because the Bills had the number two rated pass defense in all of football. But I certainly didn't expect Randy Feekner to set him up for failure either, although maybe I shouldn't be surprised that the play calling Feekner has had all season has sucked. But you don't have your undrafted rookie quarterback who's had a handful of starts in the NFL, throw the ball 38 times in a one-score game against the number two rated pass defense in the NFL when they have the number 21 rated rush defense in the NFL. You set Duck up to fail. And that's what happened. He failed. He does not have the arm of an elite quarterback. He does not have the arm of Ben Roethlisberger. So those passes that he was throwing, albeit ill-advised and indecisive, had no chance against that closing speed that the Buffalo Bills secondary has. Of course he's going to throw four picks, although that last ball that was intercepted, uh, you know, what are you going to do? It was a desperation heave, so really three of them were, were pretty bad. But they set him up to fail. It didn't help when Deontay Johnson fumbles the Wildcat ball, when they're going in from the 10-yard line in the first half, although that was a botched play with Connor and Johnson and the call shouldn't have happened in that position anyway. It didn't help that Duck was indecisive. It didn't help that the defense allowed a fourth-quarter drive of 70 yards to go for a touchdown instead of a field goal when sitting in that locker room afterwards and talking with Hayward and Watt and Hayden, they all agreed separately, mind you, that they never should have allowed anything more than a field goal, and it's their job to only allow a field goal and that they failed. Now, I don't think this game is on the defense having given up only 17 points. That should be enough to win in an NFL game. But when you have the offense that you have, you can't give up that drive. Right after Renegade, mind you, you cannot give up that drive. And it happened. Now, the good news is, if they win out the last two games, they're in. There's nothing else that they have to worry about happening if they win out. The bad news is, if they go one and one, and the Titans go one and one, despite the fact that as of right now, they have the same record and the Steelers own the tiebreaker, 
if the Steelers go one and one and the Titans do the same, the Titans will, at the end of the season, own that tiebreaker and get into the playoffs over the Steelers, even if they have the same record. So that can flip-flop in two weeks. So, unfortunately, the Steelers, at least at this point, need to approach these last two games as though they need to win them. They should anyway, but I think they will go into New York, and I think they'll win the game against the Jets, although I have a little bit of fear around Le'Veon Bell. I know he hasn't had a very good year at all, and I think he's well overpaid, and I think it's fine that he's no longer a Steeler, but I think he's got a a point to prove this week specifically, and he's going to come out guns blazing. And uh, he's the guy that I would stop. I would force Sam Darnold to beat them. Darnold's okay. He's not great. I would make him see ghosts as he did against New England, if you recall that quote. And this is the defense to do that. I think they need to blitz the hell out of him. I think they need to pound Darnold into the ground and make sure that he beats them and not Le'Veon Bell. Because Le'Veon Bell is still capable of a big game, and I don't want it to be against the Steelers. That's for damn sure. So that's what they need to do there. Offensively, it's quite simple. You do not let Duck throw the ball more than 20 times. That's the kind of offense that they need to run. They need to control the clock. They need to scrap that stupid wildcat. I can't stand it. I couldn't stand it way back in the first quarter of the year. I don't like it now when playoffs are on the line. Connor's healthy. I think Snell should be the feature back. It's obviously Connor's the number one. Fine. Then run the ball with your backs, even if it's by committee, 25 or 30 times. Pound the football. Control the clock. You have the defense that should be able to keep the Jets under 17 points. You have the defense that can make the plays and create the turnovers and set up the field position. Just control the clock, get your points, and get out of New York with something along the lines of what happened against you in Buffalo, a 17-10 type of win, and move on to the following week against the Ravens, where hopefully they have absolutely nothing to play for, and you can get out of there with the win. But they have to go into New York and get this one first. I think they will, but they cannot set the duck up to fail. They cannot sit there and expect him to throw it close to 40 times or even 30. They need to control the clock. And they need to stuff Le'Veon Bell. They have to. Now, as you know, as I you know continue to talk about Duck, Tomlin did announce that he's sticking with Hodges over Rudolph. And by the way, that's the right call. I know that some of the haters started coming out after Duck's performance and said, that's it, go back to Rudolph. That's asinine. Rudolph had a four-pick game and they stuck with him. You give Hodges the chance to at least rebound, for God's sake. I'm not sitting here saying that he's the 2020 quarterback or anything into the future. He's the quarterback for the rest of 2019 because that's the best business decision to get this team into the postseason where anything can happen when you have this defense. He's the guy. It's not Rudolph. Next year or in the future when these two guys, if these two guys are still on the roster and the Big Ben days are over, I don't know that it's Duck anymore. It's back to possibly Rudolph. It's back to possibly somebody who's not even on this roster today. But curiously enough, does it not make any of you all wonder how bad Paxton Lynch must be who's sitting there as the third stringer right now considering he was a first-round pick only a few years ago of the Denver Broncos? He can't beat out Rudolph or an undrafted Duck Hodges to take this job for the rest of the year? I mean, it's not going to happen now, but how bad must he be? A first-round pick to this? He wouldn't even be on this roster 
if Roethlisberger got hurt, hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, think about that. He he was uh, promoted from the practice squad after the Rudolph injury, in fact. And now they've decided to roll with three guys each week because they realize they need it. But he must really be terrible. So my best guess for the future is that that guy that's going to replace Ben Roethlisberger isn't here. He's probably in college. He's possibly in high school, meaning there might be a bridge quarterback, and that could be Hodges or Rudolph. But it's not either of these guys, I don't think. But that's not what this is about. This is about these next two weeks, and then hopefully a week or more after that come January. They need to get these wins. Now, don't rely on the Titans losing a couple of games, even though they go to New Orleans, and then they go to Houston. They could easily go 0-2. But... If Houston goes into Tampa Bay and wins this Saturday, they play this Saturday afternoon, they lock up the division. And I don't know that they'll have anything to play for in terms of seeding in that last week, which means they'll be sitting their guys like Watson and uh, and Hyde and all of those guys, and the Titans could easily go into Houston and win because they'll have a lot to play for. The Titans will, where the Texans will have nothing. So... The Steelers need to take care of business, but it starts this week. I don't think the Titans are going to go into New Orleans and beat them. The, the Saints still have a whole lot to play for in terms of seeding. So I think the Titans are going to lose. I think the Steelers are going to win in New York. 17-10 to 10 is what I'm going to put out there. But that's not going to be enough because they are then going to have to go into Baltimore and win that football game or have the Titans lose to a Texans team that will have nothing to play for. But we'll cross cross that bridge Christmas week. Until then, we will root for the Steelers to take care of business here and the Titans to lose just to help things out. And we will talk next week, hopefully, after another Steelers victory.